Welcome, happy warriors. Welcome to the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, where I, your rabbi, and his wife, <laughs> reveal how the world... Really? How is that? Is that good? That's, that's very Works. good. Yeah, right. I mean, considering you haven't had a lot of practice now, on thank it. Thank you for letting me this is sit in on your podcast this couldn't, week. Visit. Couldn't manage without you, because today we want to talk about the holistic you, and the holistic you is written by Rabbi Daniel and Susan Lappin. So uh, we are going to have a chance to, to talk about that a little bit. And, uh, and before we go much further... Um, you know that little button that lets you subscribe to the the podcast? Now would be a fabulous time to hit that and uh, join the podcast. And then you always will know when a new one is coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, there's no as far as I know there's no downside to it at all. So <laughs> please do subscribe, and uh, it goes without saying that it helps us. Obviously, subscription numbers climbing is a very good sign for a podcast. So that, that would be a great thing. And um, also uh, be aware that uh, anybody who's a part of this show is a happy warrior. And if you tell other people about the show and you expand the show that way, you're a fantastic happy warrior. But if you actually want to join the community of happy warriors, well, you do that at rabbidaniellappin.com. So uh, be aware of that. Okay, so um, here's, here's the starting point. And uh, Susan and I, um, I think it's fair to say we struggled on this book. That would be a fair statement. It was hard. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a hard book to write. Book to write. Um, you, we, haven't had a, we haven't prepared this show. We haven't, we, we're just going to talk about it and, uh, and uh, see where we arrive. But why do you think it was so hard to write? Well, I think like many books, we had a vision and bringing that vision down to reality. It's very much the case of starting a business or starting a marriage or anything else. Your vision is pure and your vision, everything in your vision of what you want it to be is, is huge. And then all of a sudden, when you have to bring it to reality, it has to fit into real parameters. Right. And the whole idea of the holistic you, which is integrating your family, fitness, faith, friendships, and finances, is huge. I mean, we're basically talking about life. the entirety of life. And <laughs> yes. So, okay, well, we'll just do this in 200 or 300 pages, no problem. It wasn't <laughs> right. so simple. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of it. Yeah, the other part is that um, I find it easier, easiest to have a fairly good outline of the book. Um, even before we started writing it. And I always assumed um, that the outline would, would operate as follows. As Susan just said, um, we've identified the five areas of life where if things are going well for you, you really have no complaints, right? So finance, friendship, family, fitness, and faith. So in other words, if you have a great intimate life, family connections, spouse, whatever it is, all of those, if that part of your life is in great shape and you've got a terrific social life, you've got friends and that's wonderful, and you don't have too much in the way of financial worries. So now we've covered family, finance, and friendship. Uh, if you're in pretty good health, that's fitness, 
and uh, if you're okay with the boss, you're okay with God, well, you've got nothing to complain about. Life is good. And so those are really the five areas, and, uh, and, and we, we, we made it the five Fs just to make it uh, easily memorable and, uh, and to sort of give it a, uh, an identity, as it were. And so, you know, if you think about it, what we're talking about is how these five Fs all interact with one another. <clears throat> and so if you've got, shall we say, five things, let's call them A, B, D, A, B, C, D, E, the, the five things, and then you talk about the interconnections, you've got A, B, A, C, A, D, and A, E. Those are the, the first group of connections. Then you've got B, but you don't have to say B, A, because we already did A, B, and that connection's the same thing. But you've got B, C, B, D, B, and E. Anyway, if you play around with this, you'll see you have ten connections. I thought, great, simple, ten chapters, and um, for reasons we don't have to go into now, but we can, we can tell you about it, uh, that didn't work, and so a great deal of time went on a dead end, a, 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 an outline that simply didn't work, and that, and that was just really frustrating and challenging and difficult because we we knew we were handing over something of inestimable value, but um, we got it done, and and we're we're happy. And we weren't looking to do a technical book. This wasn't an academic piece of work. Right. We wanted a book that was really useful to people, that would be enjoyable to read, readable, and useful. Exactly. We weren't yeah. looking for something that was going to be in a sociology class, yeah. you know, a textbook that people would be forced to buy. Yeah, exactly. That was the, yeah, an academic book or an intellectual book. No, we're not looking. We're looking for this to be useful to you wherever you live, in whatever country you are, uh, whether you are a man or a woman, this, wherever you are in life even, you know, Obviously, people who can, who are young enough to still make changes and to uh, shape the direction in which their life is going are obviously in a different situation from a middle-aged person who has fewer options. But there are still things that can be done differently from the way you're doing them to improve your life. And coupled with that is the reality that although uh, young people at the beginning of their lives, I mean, ideally... You know, and you only have to think of the things you wish you knew when you were 18 or 19 or 22. Um, but the trouble is, and, and I know this is true for me, I, I don't know how I could have been taught these things in a way that I really would have accepted them and understood them. So on the one hand, youth is very beneficial, but on the other hand, uh, the drawback of youth is that you don't... A little hubris, a little ar arrogance. Um, you're not always able to... You don't have the maturity. The maturity to right. be able to, see, to understand on, things On always. every level. I mean, um, you know, there are young people who say, uh, you know, I, what do I have to... I'm, I'm, I'm still a teenager. What do I have to worry about my career? Why, why should I worry about making money now? I'm I'm at, I'm in university. I'm here to have fun. I don't have to worry about making money now. Um, some really bad decisions, but you know, later on you've got to correct them. Um, I know, and we both know of of girls who assume again. We don't have to worry about marriage. I'm young. I'm not worrying about marriage now. I'm worrying about fun or career or whatever it is that interests you. But uh, but the, these girls assume that marriage would just sort of happen, like like puberty happened. 
you know, marriage will come along, family will come along. It never occurred to them, you know, and, and we're talking now early 2024. Um, what we're saying now would have been incomprehensible if, uh, if somebody would have, would have been saying this in 1960, shall we say? Not 60, but maybe 40. You want to go back that far? I do. Wow. But I think also, and, you know, when, funnily enough, we used to speak about four Fs, the faith, finances, family, and friendship. And it was actually feedback from our happy warriors that made us add fitness. And I think that may be, on one hand, it's the simplest. I mean, okay, I may, you know, maybe there's lots of ideas of how to form a family and lots of ways you have friendships and lots of ways that people handle finances. But fitness should be pretty straightforward. To me, that was one of the biggest surprises because there's no grapefruit diet in here. We're not giving you advice. We're not telling you, here's how many minutes a day you should work out. And if, if we needed to start with an F. But really, it was the entire physical side of the world. It was not eating as in how many calories should you ingest and how much of that should be protein versus how much should that be carbohydrate and fat. It was that there's an, there's an element of food and eating that affects family, that affects friendship. It's a wonderful way to make friends is to sit down and eat with somebody. Yes, yes. It affects um, its faith. Do you recognize the blessing of the food when you look at there was a, you know when you look at a the array of vegetables and fruits if you're fortunate enough to live in an area where when you walk into a supermarket it strikes you and during covid for the first time for many Americans at least it was the first time many people walked into a supermarket and did not see this do you remember when was the, the very first time you saw a yes. supermarket that didn't have stuff in it aside that wasn't from, packed full? Aside, yes, we went to the Caribbean. Yes, and we walked, that's right. And we, we, went we, sailing. we went sailing in the Caribbean. And, you know, you have your list and we keep kosher, which means that we can't eat everything that's there. But fruits and vegetables we can eat. And we walked into a supermarket and it was like, oh, like maybe I'm not going to be able to get carrots never dawned on me that I would not get carrots if I wanted them. And we know, you know, as a result of more recent sailing trips, that it's improved there as well. Yes. It's, uh, it's it not like it was. Ago. This is... Um, uh, but COVID for many people was the first time in America that people saw empty shelves yeah, and right. things. But that when you do walk and you see that array, there's... And that, uh, that is a, can be, if we pay attention to it, a spiritual moment of gratitude to God. That, you know, food could be blah, so we can get our vitamins, but we instead we have colors and smells and textures. It's an amazing thing. So Eve, so fitness isn't saying, here's how you should take care of your body. It's talking really about that intersection of how our physical beings, which is how we, there's even, you know, there's, there's a whole thing on bathroom usage, but eating, sexuality, all those physical things fall under the rubric of fitness and, also when, and they intersect with everything else. When we speak about faith, a connection with God is part of that, but uh, particularly for people who aren't sure yet where they stand with God, uh, faith also covers everything that is not measurable in a laboratory. It covers everything in the intangible realm. It covers things that um, are, you know, like loyalty, integrity, gratitude, all kinds of important parts of life, but they have no way of being measured scientifically. Um, and so 
not surprisingly, we, we have areas of psychosomatic disorder, right? And this is a well-known phenomenon that people uh, can have something um, disturbing them mentally, which manifests itself physically. Also, that just as there are physical allergies, right? If somebody's coming over, we don't have a cat. But if we did have a cat and we knew somebody had a cat allergy, that would be something we have to take into account before inviting them. Our demeanors, people can be allergic to our demeanors as well. I'm sure we, you know people as we do who talk in a down. How are you today? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's... An allergy. You can be allergic to those type of people. And you know what? You stay away from them. Just the way I would stay away from cats if I was allergic to them. I want to stay away. Those are not going to be the people I choose for my friends. Because when you hang around people who are always angry or always complaining or always, oh, it makes it. It affects you, and so that's another physical so what we fitness. Teach, what we call fitness. We, and in the holistic you, in, we're we're teaching you to be uh, to know yourself and to realize that you can actually control things like your happiness, and that happiness is an attraction. It's a magnet, and um, and that as Susan was just saying, you may unbeknowingly be deterring people from desiring to connect with you. Which also affects your finances, obviously. Every, Every, it is, affect, that's the whole point. It affects and we'll, your romantic we'll, we'll prospects. It oh, affects yeah. your family life. It affects your friendship and finances and your health. Because, of course, loneliness, being alone, is one of the worst things physically for your body you can do. And I actually think they did a fantastic job on the cover, don't yeah. you? The holistic because, you, yes. Well, we wanted to present that there's you. There's you in the middle. And that each of these... Uh, it's not, there are no lines linking them to each other because they're linked to all, whether they're right next to each other or not. It's sort of a, almost a kaleidoscope where you could, you could pivot the lens and you would see it in a different way. So I think I really like what they did with the cover on the yeah, book. Yeah, they're, they're very good. The publishers, the, John yeah. Wiley is a, is a great publisher. And uh, yeah, they, they, they did do well with this. Um, early on, before we went on air, you spoke about... Uh, um, Dr. Lewis Thomas of the Sloan Kettering Cancer Institute in New York, um, who did a lot of work on placebos and writes about placebos, and he also writes about placebo studies in Massachusetts General Hospital. Um, and again, there you got it as well, where what you believe, what is inside your soul, actually impacts what your body does. And so we're doing a lot of... A lot of exposure of, on that because it's really, really important for you to understand in your own life. One of my favorite things you talk about, which when he when he was at Massachusetts General, I believe, was the warts, where he he speaks about people being hypnotized to get rid of warts, and they were told they were hypnotized to get rid of warts on the right side of their body, and lo and behold, so you had hands. Let's say I think it was hands. You had the warts actually on many, many of the people disappeared on the right side. And then you had one person whose warts disappeared on his left hand. And it didn't take that much research to understand that it was a person who confused right and left. They just didn't know <laughs> yeah. their right from their left. But that's a fascinating thing. And we know it. We know it. You know, we accept these things. There are many things we accept in their category. And I think the whole idea of the, this book was 
take it outside the category. So for example, when a football team, and you're going to, if I probably speak, I'm probably going to reveal that I'm not a football fan. But when the team huddles well, you don't before... Know. You're not a football fan because you've never learned the game. No, I haven't learned the game because I'm not a football. I didn't want, have no interest in it. All right. The one Sorry, game I went folks, to, I tried. The one game I went to, I was not excited, even with someone trying to explain to me what was going on. But that when they, you huddle before the game and everybody gives a big shout of, you know, and the coach gives a speech, we accept that we know that, right? We know that if another team had a coach who just said, hey, guys, do your best, <laughs> and yeah. everybody walked out, yeah. that team's going to be at a disadvantage, no matter how much they may have all pra- both practiced the same amount of time. And we, we probably a lot of people have read business books that say, put affirmations on your mirror before you head out to the workday. Those work, which is really strange, isn't it? If you think about it, if you think only of, you know, um, things in a very materialistic sense, it's very yeah. hard to understand, but they do. And, and what you believe, and it's not, not enough, it's not all you have to do, it's not going to be the only thing, but what you believe actually affects who you are and what you can achieve. In right, the- right. And um, so... Um, the idea literally is to uh, uh, give you the inside information, the true information about how you work. And this is an insight into your complete operating system. And uh, fundamental to that is understanding that uh, your life is a system. And mm-hmm. it works best. Your life is happiest and most fulfilling. It's a good life when all parts of the system are working and integrated with one another correctly. I was just going to say, so for a younger person, so it, it, you can't do everything at the same time. And we're not suggesting that you set a timer within an hour, you divide your 60 minutes into five parts and you say, so I'm going to go A and then B and then C and then D and then E. That's not, that's not what we're saying. You talked earlier about a younger man, let's say, wanting to set up a business. Well, there is a good time. It is, that is a very good idea. It's a very good idea to have a financial picture and some accomplishment before you get married. That yes. would certainly be the advice of ancient Jewish wisdom. However... I mean, just at its most... Ba- it goes far, far deeper than this, as we explain in the book. But the quality of woman who will be drawn to you mm-hmm has a lot to do with your accomplishments. You know, I'm, I'm talking now to uh, 18-year-old guys, 17-year-old so, guys. But, so we're not suggesting that an 18-year-old guy says, okay, so I should be thinking about how I'm going to contribute to the world and how I'm going to make my money, and I should also be looking for a wife. No, maybe not yet, but how you behave when you have in mind the future wife and family you want will should be in my, it should be in your mind as you're focused on setting up yeah. your your finances because it's raw it's a mistake to say well I can just have fun right now I can behave however I want because I'm not really I'm not looking to women to get married to one it it should be in your mind already in the future I want a healthy marriage and I want a healthy family and so, yes, how I behave at 17 and 18 in that area of sexuality, of romance, will affect what I'm able to do when I am ready. Whether you're to man or that, woman, that's, yes. yeah, be, to be aware that um, you will 
most likely want to have a family, most likely. Um, I remember a, um, a doctor once uh, said to me something very insightful, and, and it's applicable over here. I don't know mm. if I ever told you even, but um, it's a while back. Um, he, said, <laughs> he said to me, Rabbi Lappin, I know what's going on in your head. I'm telling you these things that I think you should be doing, and I know what's going on. You're thinking to yourself that you're different. And he said, um, and, and you are. Everybody is different. Everyone is unique. But I want you to focus on the ways in which you are exactly like most other people, you know. And and I, that that was really good. You did know? you listen? Yes, I did. I I did. He said, yeah. He said, yeah. You know, there are things that apply statistically to the overwhelming majority of men, you know, in your age category or whatever. Uh, and so be aware that you're part of that cohort, whether you like I it or not. I think we actually spend a fair bit of time talking in this book about the fact that we have this dichotomy, which is that God created each human being as a unique being right. in, and, and different from everyone else, and that actuarial science is a real science, that there are ways in which we are, most of us are going to, and if all you and all your friends think that you're the exception to the rule, you're wrong. Because yeah. by definition, you can't be. Sometimes there is truly, each well, for each of us, each of us has something very unique. And sometimes that does mean that we do something differently than most. But if you rely on that and, and it, you're not able to back it up and other people aren't able to say, you know what, you're different in this way, then you're probably fooling yourself. And we, one of the things we quote in this book is so many of the studies that have come out of loneliness now and to the point that Japan and England and the United States of America are all establishing commissions to try to combat loneliness and that's partially because there was an ignoring we told people for such a long time you know work your work is what matters your career that is the prime we elevated we we if we did it if we did it here that would be a big bulge that's that's a good point. Yes, and we uh, we have made work and career disproportionately large. Yes, paradoxically, at a time where no, at no point in history have ordinary people lived as luxuriously and as comfortably. But as I think we we're do also today. feeling the kickback here that because we just ignored faith and and fitness and family and friendship. We're seeing that the economy is suffering because of that. Yes. yes. I mean, on the most simple level, an economy that doesn't have people coming after it, that a population that's shrinking, finances are going to go... It's a huge problem. All right. Um, the, um, the Scientific American, by the way, on that topic, did the most preposterous article on saying, well, yes, everyone says that declining fertility rates, declining population are bad for the economy, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Think of how much better it is for the planet for there to be fewer people. And that will probably result in uh, more financial opportunity as well because there are fewer people vying for the same resources. What an unbelievable failure of understanding. Yeah. I thought that may be worth talking about separately, but it's a remarkable yeah. scientific uh, American article that totally, I mean, it's just plain wrong, but it's, anyway, 
it's probably slightly. So one, what are the mo- what would you say are the most controversial things we say or topics well, what, that we raise in this book? Yeah, you know, what? Well, um, you know, I think I mean everybody is going to uh, uh, immediately. I'm just paging through it and looking at the table of contents. Um, I think people will first go to chapter six: sex, pleasure, and pain. That's always an eye catcher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I mean, I think I think that's a, a part of but it. But what, what that may be so that may be the what catches the eye. But yes, I think we actually say things that people will struggle with, which is good because, as you always say, you don't want to massage people with warm butter. Absolutely, waste of themselves. time. Waste of t- conjures up a <laughs> unpleasant <laughs> word picture. But okay, well, you say it. I've definitely heard you say it. No, I say all the time, my job here is not to massage you with warm butter. So, for example, we discuss the fact that we get two competing messages in modern society. One is that, so, for example, in the workforce, well, now with the point that you should prefer X, Y, or Z, we're into, we're into, you know, DEI, and you should pick people not by skills. But go back a few years when there, at least there was the idea of a meritocracy, and we were told, well, women and men are exactly the same. When they come for a job interview or you're looking for somebody, it's, it's irrelevant if, in very few, very few cases if it's a man or a woman. And at the same time, we're told, well, wait a second, you have to have sensitivity, and there's you know, you, you have to be aware that, that women and men are different and that maybe things that you said if in an all-male workforce aren't okay. Well, those contradict each other, actually. It's hard. It's difficult. So we have an entire section about platonic friendships in the workforce. And I think a lot of people will have trouble with that. Yeah. Um, we have, this is probably, to me, maybe the most controversial, that earning money means something different to a man than it means to a woman. Oh, good. Again, That's in 99.9% of the cases. And if you and all your friends say, well, I'm that 0.01%, you can't be because in that earning money means something different. Now, that doesn't mean that women cannot earn money. It doesn't mean women should not earn money. Or don't want to it, earn money. Or, or don't want to earn money. Yeah. It means that they, there should be an awareness that it means it's something, something different. different. Yeah, yeah. And I or think, put another way, a man who's not making any money looks completely different to a woman from a man who is making money. And again, and I the other way around, women who are not making money okay. do not look worse. To a man than a woman who is making money. So at I'm going to say that in the sh- with this is another thing we do that in the short term and a lot of times what's popular, what's faddish right now polyamory. I don't you know it's really funny. Ah, it's so, as if people. I mean I think this is how it works actually because all of a sudden there's an, an article and I guess it gets eyeballs and no, it gets eyeballs in the Times, Susan. Financial New York Times, Times, Financial Wall Street, Times, Wall Street, Street Journal, Journal, New York Times, Atlantic, National Public Radio. Yeah, let me let me take that a look. Okay. Uh, we need to look at it, but I thought that that's a good intro to something very fundamental in this book, which is um, incredibly useful. And and once you have wrapped yourself around this idea, you really will benefit from it. And that is that there are two categories of information that you need for successful living. 
One of them is a scientific category of information, and the other is, for lack of a better term, I call it a spiritual. That doesn't mean it has anything to do with God or religion or heaven or piety. It means the opposite of scientific. And Sci- actually, when we scientific when we use- is measurable, spiritual is non-measurable by anything other than a human being. Oh, I was going to say, when we use the word faith, it was because it starts with an F, and spiritual doesn't start with yeah, an F. Yeah, right. And also, yeah. some people, spiritual, maybe it's crystals, or maybe, like, it's it's one of these words that's sort of been become very loosey-goosey. Yes. So, we used faith, but really, in many ways, spiritual is a more accurate, as in non-physical, as, the, Meaning as in is a non-physical. That's, that's really one of the, the difficulties of laying out yeah. the book. But anyway, that's what faith means. So, uh, in the area of scientific, um, for instance, are electric cars and electric airplanes a good idea? And in order to answer that, you need to probe your understanding of chemistry to understand the mechanism of storing electricity in a battery. You need to understand physics to understand electric motors. You need to uh, understand the first law of thermodynamics, which explains that energy can't come from nowhere. Energy always comes from somewhere. And so that explains why you can't, for instance, keep filling up your battery in your car by uh, generating electricity from the turning wheels. We do that when the car is braking. It's called regenerative braking. But uh, you can't do it all the time because that would violate the first law of thermodynamics. can't be done. So these all, at no point can anybody in this discussion say, well, wait a second, Uh, my belief system uh, would have batteries operating differently. Uh, You know, no. The the fact is, here's why batteries are really a poor propulsion force for airplanes. Here is the problem. Somebody, well, you know, uh, I, I'm a Buddhist, so I'm not trying. No, it's irrelevant. <laughs> there is nothing spiritual about this. This is all straightforward scientific. It has nothing to do with your opinion. It has nothing to do with your beliefs. It has nothing to do with your mood and your emotions. It's very straightforward and scientific. And in exactly the same way, uh, there are other questions. All right, we, We've looked at the question of whether electric electrical cars or electrical airplanes are good. How's about the topic Susan brought up? Um, Is polyamory good? Okay, now I even saw in some of these articles, and the New York Times has had more than one on this, um, it's really very interesting, but I even saw in one of the articles somebody saying, well, we rely on science for everything, so let's depend on science for finding out whether polyamory is a new and viable way of organizing human society. Polyamory means a family unit of more than one husband and more than one wife, or alternatively, a couple in an open marriage where both have relationships with other people outside of the marriage. That is also apparently part of what polyamory means. I'm not an expert, but uh, this is what what they're talking about. Now, um, is science useful on this? Science here is about as useful as religion is on determining whether electrical airplanes are a good idea. It has nothing to do with it. And, um, you know, there have been attempts over the last few decades. This really didn't start until the 20th century, pretty much. But that is the idea of uh, psychology and psychiatry being sciences. 
They're not sciences. I'm sorry. With due deference and respect to my friends who are psychologists and who are psychiatrists, it isn't a science. You might pretend it is by making lists and documenting it and putting it down on spreadsheets, but in the final analysis, uh, it's, there is no way that, shall we say, uh, a patient has, uh, shall we say, shingles and three out of five doctors will disagree about no the the observation of the symptoms of shingles are very simple and very straightforward and everybody agrees on what they are that's not the same when it comes to so-called mental disorder and there is no objective way of determining mental disorder yeah we look it up in the dsm-5 the diagnostic and statistical manual uh, that is different than dsm-3 and it's yes exactly and even then it depends on the interpretation of the practitioner so 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 the uh, the the idea then is that we um, we're recognizing that you have to take into account some of the spiritual factors in it was not everything is scientific. If everything was scientific, none of us would wear clothing uh, with designer labels. We wouldn't because that satis- the whole fashion industry satisfies a spiritual yearning, not a physical yearning. The physical yearning is very simple, protection from the weather, maintaining body temperature, and at a push, although... Uh, that blends far into the spiritual arena, one might say preservation of dignity. Uh, Although nudists do try and do away with that to suggest that if we just accustom people to uh, being nude, as long as they're warm and uh, not losing body heat, there's no problem. Well, it turns out there is a problem. I just feel... Sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a segue, and I'm not, because I really just want to suggest, I really do think people need this book or should read this book. It's The Holistic You, Integrating Your Family, Finances, Faith, Friendship, and Fitness. It's available in all those places where you get books, and it's also available on RabbiDanielLappin.com, and it even has an accompanying workbook. Yeah, but nice. the idea where I was coming with polyamory is that certain ideas get get into society and then all of a sudden you know once you know this is going to be on the cover the the lead story in every newspaper and every not every but many newspapers and many magazines it's going to become a class in university it's going to become a topic of discussion and you can get caught in a bad time in history where a bad idea catches on catches on Mass and so psychosis. a lot of a lot of what the the purpose of this book is what we're hoping to do is to let people get a a healthy sense of themselves, of skepticism, to not Towards, be so susceptible to just, well, everybody's absolutely. saying it. Yeah. And to... This basically is a book of uh, of your independence. Mm, that's a very good way it, of putting it. it. I like that. It makes you independent because we've all become susceptible to uh, expertitis, which is a terrible disease, which is subduing your own instincts, subduing your own knowledge, subduing your own experience in the face of what the experts say. And so we encourage a very healthy skepticism towards that and depending far more on your instincts, on your knowledge, on your skills, on your experience. Well, can I, I, I'm going to 
push back a little bit on the instincts I because know I just think where if you're you going, yes. if you're you know in the, when you're raised in a society, your instincts get shaped by that society. Yes, yes, that's right. And so it's having the right instincts. It's really tuning into right. The, but talk about mothers, for instance, who totally um, abandon any conviction that that they can even teach their child well, to I read, think most, right? Most mothers have had their instincts deadened by the education that they've received. With Speak the, to that for a second. Um, so we, our, our, just our history a little bit, I homeschooled for about 16 years, our children. And when I started, it's going to make me sound very old, but homeschooling was not a commonly known word. It was, it was not something that there were lots of articles. Not that old. I mean, it, it really it. changed very quickly. Okay. And people, the it was very fascinating to me, you know, that I was perfectly capable of teaching my children to read and to do math. And, and yet the California schools, for example, went from top literacy for years and years and years to low literacy rates, graduates of California public schools, because they were insisting on using a method of education to teach reading that was the latest, the greatest, happened to also sell books because it was new and exciting, and it was a failure. It did something else, Susan. It's a whole language reading. The whole language reading, uh, It yes. did something else, and that is it protected the um, esotericism. It conferred rank and status. It is, it made it, well, this is a sign. that I had to go to school for four years right. to learn how to teach your child to read. How silly can you be to think that you can teach your child and to read And they discouraged parents from right, teaching from, their children to read. So they've now re they've revoked that, actually. But if your child was in school during those years, your child was damaged. Seriously damaged. Because they, yeah. yeah. And so um, when you talk about a mother's instincts, I think many women, and I, I see this, look, first of all, money speaks. When something is business, and yes, I am trying to get your money to buy the book, so take that into account also. But I think, you know, we're saying, look it up, and you've been listening probably right, to my husband but, uh, for a while. If you think there's something valuable, then it's worthwhile money. But what happened was that... Um, a, a mother today, a young mother, is bombarded with thousands of dollars of things they need to keep their child safe, to keep their child's mental processes functioning at their best. And somehow mothers and children ended up perfectly bright when they were literally had a cornhusk doll and... You know, that was the extent of their toys. They were safe and they were, they were, they ended up perfectly intelligent. I don't know if baby Einstein is still on it was the market. A, oh, I still, yeah, that was a joke. No. But people spent a lot of money spend on money it. People money believing that their children of, would be handicapped yes. if they didn't play them these audio CDs or maybe they no, were sit with videos to watch them. Or videos them, to watch. This is a long time ago. Which, of course, is damaging to a baby yeah. to watch videos. So... I guess what we're, I'm saying is what this is all came because I'm pushing back on your word instincts because I think yes, our instincts yeah. are very easily squashed very yeah. early on. Let me go back to polyamory and okay. um, the science part of science will tell us if polyamory is a viable system for organizing uh, a, a, a small unit of society it used to be a marriage and a family, but now it can be variations on the family, polyamorous family. And uh, indeed, the scientists have spoken, the psychologists have spoken, and the psychiatrists have spoken, not all, 
but several were quoted in some of these articles as explaining that this is a very good thing and this gives people further options and uh, a, a woman um, who is in such a relationship wrote a book which is uh, being promoted, although also criticized in The Atlantic, interestingly enough. You know, I didn't read The Atlantic article, but I saw the blurb, and I, and they were saying this is elitists taking yeah. an advantage they have of marriage and yeah. saying, oh, well, we're beyond that. And, and that was Rob Henderson's Cadillac values, that That's it, hurt, right. it hurts. Exactly. People follow, and the elites so, don't act on it. And so um, if you treat the study of polyamory scientifically and we explain why that is a complete waste, that is as about as useful as studying electrical airplanes religiously. It's absurd. Though, it makes no sense. Can I say that in the book, it doesn't, as people who do believe in God and believe that God created human beings, it doesn't shock us when sometimes after many years, and sometimes things are coming out now, it comes out that there is a biological reason not to be polyamorous. For example, there are studies that are coming out yeah. that show that a woman's future children are affected by every sexual encounter she has exactly. before yeah. that baby's born. That doesn't shock us because it makes sense to us that God built us. So he know, you know, but the other way is, right? If the other way, if it turns out that physically there's a negative, that's problematic. If you've said, no, the, the, you know, the yes, physical has nothing to do with... So uh, another area we differ from science, some of the psychologists have said, yes, it's possible that you may be feeling some anxiety while your wife is out having a relationship with another man on Monday night. But, you know, it'll bother you till Wednesday, and next time it'll bother you till Tuesday. You work on yourself, and you, you try and diminish your concerns so you can eventually become completely laissez-faire and blasé and almost indifferent to whatever your wife is doing. Or husband. Or husband. And, um, and we say, look, uh, we don't deny that you can desensitize yourself. You can. But at that point, you are a seriously damaged human being. You're not an enhanced human being. You're a damaged human being. The bottom line is that part of masculinity and part of being a man is being, for lack of a better, jealous about your wife, meaning you, you are not comfortable with the notion of she being with somebody else. And that is correct. That's how it should be. It is designed as an exclusive relationship. Can you modify yourself? Not, not evolutionarily. You know, any dream of being able to breed a race uh, that includes men who feel no jealousy about their women and about their wives. No, that's not going to happen. You can take the sex drive. You could breed men who have no sex drive, which is something our society has been very effectively we doing. We don't quite know why, do we? I mean, we don't know if it's plastic in the water or is it... Uh, you is know, it I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I by the way, one of the things that, that's been... Yeah. I've been reading quite a lot about this over the last couple of years, is the societal impact of hormonal birth control. Right. An so amazing impact. So my there's guess, a lot of things. But my yes. guess is that there is a physical component like yeah. that of chemicals. And there's also and a spiritual And there's component. also a spiritual component as the more we've been telling men, 
toxic masculinity. Being a man is a negative, so you have to not be a man. And so we start with young boys, and we say the more feminine you are, the better you are as a person. So I think we're reaching the end. Are we reaching the end of the podcast? Well, it's just, it's just one, one more thing that I think has to be uh, clarified here, and that be- is... Before or after we send people to make sure to go to RabbiDanielLappin.com. Well, let's do that. Okay, go ahead. Everybody should go to our website, RabbiDanielLappin.com, where, by the way, um, one of the things you can do is communicate with us there. You can message us, and uh, one of the things I think we'd be interested to know is whether you would like more joint podcasts done I, with I both of us. I was going to say, because this is from experience, that some people are saying... <laughs> I just want to listen to the rabbi. Why does he have to bring his wife on? And other people are saying, hey, I really like the interaction. And we actually have now over 400 TV shows that we did together. We used to host a, co-host a TV show for many years on TV Network. Until quite recently, yes. Till COVID, we co-hosted. Yes. Until COVID, we co-hosted for many years a TV show on the TCT Network. And we've been putting them up. And our happy warriors can have access to them. And it's already over 400 shows have been put oh, up, yes. and there is still mm-hmm. another 100 or so to go. Where So if you do like the interaction, you can, you can find that. I like the interaction. I like the interaction, too. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right, so look, uh, if, um, if, if somebody's trying to become an athlete, mm-hmm. they'll tell you, focus, uh, you know, she wants to become an, an Olympic hurdler. Think of nothing else. Focus only on that. Mm-hmm. The trainers will tell. That'll be the program. Um, the University of Oregon used to have a, a very outstanding uh, running team. I forget. Isn't that when Nike the, was invented for that team? And, and through the trainer of the running, yeah. uh, I forget his name, Bill. Sorry. Uh, I forget his name. But, but yes, he had a lot to do with the founding of Nike, and uh, a lot of great runners came out of there. And if you you know if you're interested in that, uh, you discover that they were really discouraged from almost everything else. I mean, don't even worry about academics beyond having you know to keep up the average that'll let you stay in the program, which is pretty low. Which was low when it comes to athletes, but but you know um, you know don't dream of dating seriously. Don't dream of worrying about your career. Focus on your athletics. When you reach a certain level, you go professional, you'll get all the money you need from endorsements. But right now, just focus. This is the message. And specialize, specialize, specialize. And so it's, it's understandable, I think, that people would think that this is, um, that this is the, the right way. And so if you're in your 20s, then surely you should be focused and specialized on the money on the finance side, which is another word for career or profession or job, and, um, and leave everything aside. So what we, I think, persuasively demonstrate in the book is that, uh, you know, let's say you're interested are, uh, let's say you're interested in, in finding somebody to love, you know, you're interested in, in romance. Uh, you'll do better if you focus on health, and in Not order focus if you also also include, also include health, and that's sort of self-evident, right? Because your health is part of how a romantic partner evaluates you. So, okay, so I'm interested in in love, 
which is another word for family and uh, and relationships and intimacy. Okay, that's my real priority. But wait a sec, you better also be thinking about health as well. You've got to be doing that. And how about if you want to focus on health? Well, then you better also well, take into account finances. Maybe maybe stick with that one. Stick with that. Well, I'd rather in... come back to it because what I'm trying to show. You see, I'm going I now. I know what you're trying to show. That's I'm going why I now think... from. Well, I disagree. This is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, we 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 have a very good marriage and we collaborate <laughs> on it, but we don't. If we if we thought exactly the same it way, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be much good. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, it, it's easy to see why, if you're interested in romance, that you should also focus on health. Right. And if okay, now I should also focus on health. But wait, that means I should also focus on finance. Well, I was going to say, if you're interested in romance, you should also focus on friendship. But because... wait, wait, then you don't know where I'm going. Okay, you go. I'm going from um, romance to health to finance, and you're then... going like this. And I want to go like this. Well, you'll have your turn okay. to go like this very soon, <laughs> I promise you. But let me let me try okay, and clarify. What I'm trying to say is that I'm linking up the five right. in a certain line sequence. Right. And then I can link up the fives in a totally different line sequence. Right. In other words... And this is why we tried to write the book for months and months and months and it didn't go anywhere. It was, it was not hard. a line sequence, it was hard. it's a circle. Well, yes, that's true. But the, the point is... Can everybody can see that romance has to do with health? Is affected. Is affected. Is affected yes. by health. And can people see that health is affected by finance? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. You can afford better food. I, I remember I went to you. I, I told you this happened to me last week in the supermarket. I just had a yen for cookies for, and I went to look at the. Um, I have how many? It's years since I've had a devil's dog. I grew up with them, but I years since I had one. And I said to myself, "Well, everything—the price of everything—is going skyrocketing. Every time I go to the supermarket, I'm gasping." And I thought, "Well, I'm not going to spend." And I decided, "What am I not going to spend more on? On a box of devil dogs?" And I said, "Okay, four ninety-nine." And I was thinking, "What? I know what I'm spending on eggs, and I know what I'm spending on carrots and potatoes and Brussels sprouts and." It's going up, up, up. But there's no inflation in America but to worry about. It's under to, control. But I went and the devil dogs are cheap. It costs more money to eat healthy than it does to eat garbage. Yeah, that's, that's so the yes, reality. So yes, your health is affected so health by goes money, to by finance. finance. Now, can you hear that if you're interested in finance, you should also be interested in friendship because the more people with whom you yes. are connected socially, the better you're Absolutely. going to so people can hear that. And can you hear that if you really want to be well-connected socially, it's easier if you have a family because you have a spouse, you have somebody else. Even your children build social relationships. Mm -hmm. All right, so, so that's faith. one. You got that's faith one. there, you left out faith. And, and family uh, depends to a large extent on faith. There are intangible aspects of, of building a family, and those things would fall under the faith. But in exactly the same way, we could say um, that if you want a great social life, you should focus also on finances. Right. Well, why? Why do my friends care how much money I have? Well, actually, everybody does. And Being able to afford to invite people over for a dinner even costs money. Or even money. to go out. I remember, <laughs> or to go out. Do you remember there was an episode of Friends many, many, you many years ago? You watch more than I did. Um, where uh, um, they, they, there were six of them, I think, and, and they fell into two categories, those who had a few dollars and those who were struggling. And it became a social problem, all right, obviously. And so it is in each of these five things, finance, family, 
friendship, fitness, and faith, you can show how each one links to the next in a line, and then you can reorganize the line, and it'll still work, and then reorganize the line again, it'll still work, and that brings us to where Susan was going to go, which is forget the line, put them on a circle, and connect all the points on the circle, and you get to exactly the same place. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, right, okay. All right, right. so uh, please go ahead and get the book. We are pledging the our book, rep- the holistic the holistic you. You're supposed you. to repeat the title. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> um, we're pledging our reputation on it because uh, we, uh, you know, we we, we worked could... on it really hard for no, a but long that's time not the also. only thing. In but other we words, think it's great. If if <laughs> if we uh, have you buy this book and then you say, you know what, this wasn't worth anything, then. That's about the last time we'll ever be able to send a, sell a book. So we're not that short-sighted. We do have one or two places where we say, okay, if at this point you feel like throwing the book against the wall because what we're saying is so outrageous that you can't handle it. So we're not precluding that, but we would suggest you go pick it up after you've thrown it against the wall and keep on reading. Yeah, no, there's definitely going to be parts that will be infuriating to some people, not to everybody. But uh, we we recommend that you, you weigh them up very, very carefully before you reject them because the book is a true overview of um, human operating system. And it's hopefully a way system. to help all of us get over when there are bad ideas out there. Yeah, which To have something are. to bounce those ideas against and say, should I pay attention? There are great ideas out there also, but should I not pay attention? That you really want to have a core of yourself of understanding how the world works. Really works. Really works. That's right. The holistic you, your declaration of independence. Uh, It'll restore confidence that you do understand how the world really works. Not to say you won't consult experts. Not to say you won't speak to specialists. Of course. But the final decision is yours because you are the CEO of your life. You are the president of your life, and nobody cares as much about your family, your finances, your friendships, your fitness, and your faith. Nobody cares as much about your 5F system as you do yourself. Any last words? No. That's it? That's it. You have nothing to say, Susan. Do you know how (laughs) seldom I see you in that condition? Yes. (laughs) I love doing shows with you. Uh, Okay, terrific. Okay. So uh, thanks so much for being with us. It was lovely spending time with you. It was terrific to do this, and I I hope we'll we'll do it again, because we haven't even really begun to scratch the surface of the holistic you. There's really a lot there. So we'll talk about it again. But um, until next week, we want to wish you a fantastic week traveling upwards and onwards in your growth trajectory in your family your faith, your finances, your fitness, and your friendships. I'm Rabbi Daniel Lappin. I'm Susan Lappin. God bless.